0: work out so well but it's the way it is. Life is messy. Mother's Day has historically been uh, a popular church day and many a mom wants nothing more on Mother's Day than to have their family worship with her in church Uh, but there are some women who consciously avoid Mother's Day. Uh, There's one woman who told me that she never attends Uh, church on Mother's Day because she was not able to have children of her own, and it was just too hard to come on Mother's Day. Another told me that her mother was abusive, and the last thing that she wanted was to hear a message about how wonderful moms are, and I get that. So I'm not going to launch into a saccharine tribute to moms, M is for the million things she gave me, O is for the, no, we're not going to do that. No, instead I want to tell you about a woman who could not have kids and about a woman who was abusive and about a woman who was a good mom, and it's all the same person. In the Bible, she's called Sarai, and she's also been given the name Sarah. Sarah is the wife of Abram or Abraham. And together they start the family that would lead to God's people and ultimately to Jesus. You might know her as this great mother of faith. But the story the Bible tells is of a complicated woman with a messy life. Because that's how real life is. Life is complicated. Things get messy. But still, God works for our good. In chapter 12 of Genesis, God promises that the descendants of Sarah and Abraham will become a great nation, and that all the peoples of the world will be blessed through them. And it sounds like the start to a fairy tale, but no sooner do they move to where God tells them to go when life gets messy. Here, her story is read by Pastor Julie. Mm-hmm.
1: As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, The Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household. Because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men. And they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had.
0: What a weasel. This gutless wimp is afraid for his own life, and so he passes Sarah off as his sister, and she's taken into the Pharaoh's harem. Now thankfully the Lord intervened and the truth came out, and Sarah is sent back to him, back to her husband Abraham. But can you imagine the conversation that took place after this? Talk about awkward. Honey, I I know it wasn't easy being in the harem, but hey, look on the bright side. At least I'm alive, and look at all these great gifts the Pharaoh gave me. Yeah, life does not start out easy for Sarai. It's not exactly the start that we expect. But if you think it's messy now, wait until chapter 16, because it gets even worse because Sarah desperately wants to be a mom, and yet she can't conceive.
1: Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me.
0: This is one messed up family. (laughs) Sarah is desperate to have children. And there are no fertility clinics, there's no uh, surrogate mothers back then. So she gives her servant to Abraham to have a child for her. And gives is such a nice word, unless you're the one being given, unless you're being treated as a means to an end. Essentially, Sarah forces Hagar to have a child for her. But when her plan backfires and Hagar despises her, she blames Abraham for her troubles. Again, Sarah is this messy mix of someone that you can sympathize with on one hand And someone you just want to say to, what are you thinking? She's a complicated person. And then it gets even worse.
1: Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. So Hagar bore Abram a son and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born.
0: Sarah hasn't always been treated well, it's true, but still it's a little shocking to hear that this great Bible hero, this founding mother of the faith, can be downright mean. Now, I don't recall my mom ever being mean to anyone. I grew up thinking moms were the best, and I was oblivious to the challenges that the mothers on, in my neighborhood faced. And to be honest, I was oblivious to the challenges that my own mom faced. I thought my mom was perfect. A saintly woman of God who welcomed in every neighborhood child, who led 4-H and Sunday school, and who taught the whole neighborhood how to bake apple pies. And I assumed that the other mothers in, in the neighborhood must be living a similar life. Later, I was shocked to find out that one of the moms in the neighborhood had an alcoholic husband who made her life miserable. Another was cheated on by her husband with her sister. And yet another was abusive to one of the neighborhood girls. I didn't realize all that stuff was happening in those moms' lives. Their lives were a lot more messy and complicated than I imagined, just like Sarah's. Sarah is a complicated person, both a sinner and a saint, but still God is at work in her life. Still God's promises are unfolding, even with someone as complicated as Sarah.
1: God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai, Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abram fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing.
0: Well, God does bless Ishmael, too. But we're focusing on Sarah here today. Sarah is about 90. And any reasonable person would assume that that her chance for a new life is over. If ever God's promise of using her to create a nation... And to bless the entire world ever had a chance of happening, the chance is over. She's past childbearing years. But God tells them his plan will never fail. He is still doing new things, even though it seems impossible, even though it seems too late. And as a sign of this new thing, God gives her a new name. He changes Sarai's name to Sarah. So, how old are you? Are you 90 like Sarah, 100 like Abraham, or maybe 19 or 10? It doesn't matter your age. God is always doing new things. God is always carrying out his plan in your life. And for Sarah and Abraham, that plan would soon mean a visit from three of God's messengers.
1: Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him. Abram and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh.
0: So to all of Sarah's shortcomings, now we get to add lying. And to God, no less. But it's not like any of us would ever lie to God. Oh, Lord, I'll never do that again. Just get me out of this. I'll never do it again. Yeah, right. Still, God is faithful. Even if every one of us should be a liar, as Romans 3, 4 says, God must be true even if every human being is a liar.
1: Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age.
0: Good news for Sarah. She is so happy. They have their son, and they name him Isaac, which means laughter. It looks as if we've finally gotten our fairy tale ending. But like I said, life isn't so neat and tidy. Real life is messy, even for moms. And so, like a gender reveal gone wrong, Sarah's fairy tale ending blows up in her face.
1: The child grew and was weaned, and on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son.
0: Sarah now has the child that she so desperately wanted. It's time for her to show a little grace to, toward Hagar and towards Ishmael, her stepson, so to speak. But instead, she goes into full beast mama mode, and she tosses them out of the house so that Isaac could get everything. You know, it's sad, but... You, you see it happen from now, now and then. Tammy's grandmother's mom died when Grandma Helen was a little girl. And her dad remarried, and, and the new wife gave everything to her daughters, but treated Helen as if she were an outcast. It was a, a true-life Cinderella kind of story. Now, your mom or your stepmom might have treated you that way, and it's awful. And maybe you can understand it from some perspective, but, but still it's awful. Now we hear nothing more about motherhood for Sarah, really in the rest of the scriptures. By the time we hear again, the years have passed and Sarah dies.
1: Sarah lived to be 127 years old. She died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan, and Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her.
0: For Sarah, life never gets unmessy. Sarah is never perfect. And sometimes you just want to yell at her, What is wrong with you? And Sarah is not treated perfectly either. I doubt if she ever got over being pawned off by Abraham. On the Pharaoh when he said it was, she was his sister. Her story is one of pride and anger and sadness and injustice and hope and lying and love. It's a messy mix like yours or your mother's. But if God can use a messed up mom like Sarah, God can use you and me. And if God can love a messed up mom like Sarah, God can love you and me. And not even a messy, messy life can stand in the way of God's promises. Sarah's story is for every mom, and for everyone else, actually, for everyone struggling with a messy life. It's for everyone who ever had a mom who was less than perfect or been a mom who was less than perfect. Life is complicated. Things get messy, but still God works for our good. In spite of it all, God's plan never fails, and God's blessings still unfold. Let's pray. Lord, we have a lot of moms here, and their lives are as complicated and as messy as as everyone else's. We pray that in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of those struggles, that you might bless them, that you might help them to be their best selves, to show grace toward others, but also to receive grace. accept your love and forgiveness even when they let you down. And we pray that for each one of us. For those who aren't moms. Lord, we pray we pray that you would help us to bring our messy lives, our complicated lives full of great deeds and love and also full of full of sin and brokenness. We bring it all before you. We place it into your hands. We say may your will be done. May your plan unfold. May your blessings be upon us and upon others. Lord this day we thank you for caring for us and watching over us like the best of mothers would. And Lord, we celebrate the gift of life that we've received from
1: our moms. In your name, amen.